podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of The Lab, joined once again by Kish of Lily White Lab, Rondo Reports and soon to be Coach's Voices. How are you doing mate? Yeah, I'm good thank you bro, how are you? Good, it's quite an exciting morning because we woke up, well it, the news broke last night and woke up to more, essentially the story that's been spread through mainstream, from Fabrizio Romano's reporting it, Atletico reporting it, that um, Tottenham are in talks with Club Bruges over Antonio Nusa. Uh, it's been reported in Belgium that Spurs and Club Bruges are in talks over a deal for the Norwegian winger Antonio Nusa. Bruges want €30 million Euros and a guarantee that the 18-year-old stays with them for the rest of the season. And he was also a target for Chelsea last summer. You highlighted him back in September last year on uh, Rondo Reports on Twitter, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um yeah, I've I've been aware of him. Like, heard a lot of good things for a while. Yeah, uh, he sort of. So he's obviously Norwegian. Came through um, at one of like the best academies in Norway, um, and then transferred to Bruges. Um, took like a year to properly get settled. I think. Um, I think he transferred at like sixteen or seventeen. Mm. Um, but he was he was, I think, the youngest. Um, Champions League goal scorer. I think he's second youngest, uh, are After Ansu Fati, I think. Yeah. Um, so he's always like he's had that hype a little bit since then. Um, but even at that point, he wasn't really a, a starter. Um, but this season, he's really broken. Um, I think he had a, he had an injury issue quite recently, but from the beginning of the season, been like one of their standout players. Um, got called up to the national team, so he's sort of shun on that stage as well um obviously with the likes of harland and odegaard um so yeah what's he's, um he's what's high. happened in norway because they're producing some players at the moment obviously harland's the, the outlier obviously odegaard's been tipped for a while but even younger than them there's this clutch of young players that are really kind of yeah. making a statement and norway's never been really a hotbed of talent really so the the, the other one's oscar bob at man city yeah, who, correct, who's yeah. um I think what it is, is uh, it's that forward-thinking nature of those countries. So Sweden's the same. Sweden's producing quite a lot now as well. Um, you've got Kulisevsky, Isak, um, Gjokarez, who's top scorer in Portugal, mm. um, along with a couple younger guys that we've been linked to, like Rooney Bardaji, who we were linked with a bit. But um, so both those countries, and then Denmark, of course, have had a great success over the last few years. Uh, I think it's like the way they approach things in general and sort of both like politically and, and investment wise and they invest in the young people, they invest in facilities, um, coaching, they put a lot of money into like that side of things, development, rather than trying to build their league by just splashing money on kind of ready-made players. They look to build their own kind of academies and I think that's the way to kind of push your country's football. Um, so England, I think, have seen the fruits of that more recently yeah. where 
I think after the, maybe it was the Iceland, when we got knocked out by Iceland in 2016, maybe it was before that, but they looked to really shift the way they were approaching football um, and came up with like a model about how they were going to coach, how they were going to develop players. Um, and that kind of has led to the amount of talent that's come through here. So it's, it's about like attacking it from the kind of ground up. Mm. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen an, a bigger outward movement of players English players than in the last five years it's insane like the the, the, the the number of German clubs and Italian clubs have looked at academy products and thought yeah these are good enough to start obviously obvious ones are, are like Jaden Sancho and, and Bellingham but a few of our, our young players have left and, and gone on to play for big clubs Tomori's left uh, Chelsea and done really well at AC Milan um, there's been t there's tons of examples um, weird, you, you, remember, you, remember, you mentioned uh, Gokoresh uh, he's now been tipped to to to, to well, or Chelsea are looking at him from Sporting, but his rise, his prominence, and, and we're not we're going to move on very quickly because obviously this should be a bad news. But I was just fascinated because I was reading about him yesterday. He he just went on loan from Brighton to Swansea to Coventry, back and forth from Brighton, never quite breaking through. Eventually, Coventry signed him. They sell him to Sporting. Uh, last summer for 20 million he's now worth 100 million euros and Chelsea want to buy him it's a str strange journey he's had yeah and West Ham were quite close to getting him I think um, mm. in the summer as well um, but that's what they, yeah that's the kind of like those those bigger clubs don't want to take the gamble until they're, they've had a club in between which I get but sometimes I think well, what's 20 million on a, on a on a player where sometimes it won't work out but that's that's better than kind of waiting and then paying a hundred million. Um, and I think big clubs look at the championship and sometimes wait until they've had that next step before poor gambling on them. Like we kind of did it with Madison because we were looking at Madison for for ages. Um, and yeah, I think sometimes I'd 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 like us especially to, to take gam more gambles on those kind of players. Is uh, thirty million pounds not a gamble for an un unproven eighteen year old from who's played his football only in Belgium? For sure, um, definitely a gamble, but one that need like if you're going to look to be bringing those players in, it's just the price that you're going to have to pay. And for those sorts of players, the competition is going to be so huge from other clubs that you can't be so strict in. Okay, this valuation for this player, he's he's only 18, he's only played in Bel um, in Belgium we're not going to pay more than 20 million because we will just lose out on talent. And I think the same could be said for Papsar, Doggy, obviously, like, they were young players. We, 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 even Vuskovic, the Croatian guy we signed for, I don't know, 12 million or something. He's, yeah. he's not even at the club. Um, those are the kind of prices you pay for premium young players nowadays. Um, and if we don't get them, Chelsea will probably just, just buy them and, we'll, and we'll, we'll never get to see see that that level of young player at the club and Chelsea is just stockpiling them so I think we 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 have to pay it kind of thing yeah it's interesting you it's interesting you mentioned <clears throat> Chelsea there because it looked like they were going to sign him in the summer and he turned them down he said that there was a lot of money on the table and it's something we had to consider but I need to take my time and I need to ensure that the next move I make will be the correct one for me that sounds like a mature 18 year old 
because you're 18 as a child like my I, I, I mean you'll know better than me right because you're closer to 18 than i am right but i i remember how my brain worked at 18 and it wasn't nowhere near as mature as that and you've seen other players as good as they are like world beaters like Ravel morrison lose it at a young age because they haven't got their head on their shoulders whereas for Noosa to say no actually i, wanna, I don't want to i'm not like chelsea a huge club won the champions league twice in the last 11 years um, they're, they're, they're promoting and working with young players consistently but he's looked at it and gone oh, and I'm sure he's had good advisors around him and said no that's not right for me what what makes Tottenham right in your opinion? So I guess just touching on that quickly I think it's a difficult one because, because players who get to this level have been the best of the best of their age group everyone they know they've always been the best player um, they grow up thinking I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best and that sort of takes them to where they're at now and then they break into the first team and they still have that self-belief that you know that any player that makes it to that level has to have an insane amount of self-belief and kind of drive and then to be able to like ground yourself when a big offer like Chelsea comes on the table to be like actually here's when I need to kind of think about this rather than just going, no, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm, I'm going to go and take that next step, which I think a lot of young players do mm. and then realise actually you're, you go from a big fish in a small pond to kind of just one of one of many. Um, so I think obviously it's a lot of advice around him. Um, I think Spurs, he'll probably see as, as a project right now. It's got a kind of upward trajectory um, where... There's definitely a gap in the squad for a player of his profile. I'm sure that's being put to him um, because he he doesn't match up stylistically to really any of our players. Um, but also, I think the fact it's a young team and I think he can grow with the team. Um, just looking at like Udogi, Saar, Van der Ven, Nusa, kind of all growing up and, and getting to their prime together, it's sort of... I'd assume that he's being told that he'll be sort of built round and he'll be part of that kind of new Tottenham, um, which is definitely an attractive prospect. And the fact that it's the Premier League as well is is definitely a big draw. Yeah. Um, what What do you like about him? What kind of player is he? Why Why are we looking at him? What What is What does he do well? So I've been kind of constantly talking about bringing in a player who can beat his fullback um, from kind of not when there's space around him but when there's not much space he has to he's like got the ball to his feet he's got no momentum um and he can just create a bit of skill he can go from zero to 100 in like less than a second and just accelerate past someone um that kind of player has been really missed and i think at times this season we've we've got loads of good openings and we've had one of our wingers have the ball against their fullback and if they could just beat them there's like an easy cutback there to, to score from or um, against low blocks where there's a lot of space on the on the in the wide areas um, but we don't have the players to kind of create separation and get a good cross in the box because we just don't have that style really um, the likes of Son and Johnson, they're okay at beating their man when they've got momentum. So when they're kind of in their full stride, they, they can kind of go past people. But from a standing start, they don't really have the technical ability to do that. Whereas Noosa can can use body feints. He can kind of accelerate so rapidly. Um, he's comfortable going on the outside and coming inside, which obviously is huge because 
that unpredictability means that defenders can't shut off one side. Um, so obviously, if he's if he's dribbling towards a defender, if they kind of cut off the inside, he'll just go outside and cross it with his left. And if they kind of block the line, he'll come in and shoot. And that that is such an underrated attribute, I think, with wingers because it means they're just so unpredictable. Mm, there was an old school way of teaching defending is you show them onto their weak foot. Seems some redundant, especially redundant if you're playing against someone who can go on both both sides. And the, 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 a lot of the, I read a coaching report and obviously did the obligatory YouTube search. And um, yeah, you just saw the how, how, how comfortable he is going inside and outside of his defender. Um, What's his sort of best position? Is it? I've seen from transfer market that he can play across the front three, but left hand side is his favourite position. Is it? I presume. I'd say left. Um, I think right. He'd be very um, competent on the right as well, um, just because of the fact he's comfortable on his weaker left foot. He's obviously right footed, um, so I think like when he cut when he cuts inside his crosses or shots are hit with more venom from the left because obviously he's got a right right foot, so his stronger foot. Mm. Uh, but when he goes down the line, he's still got the ability to kind of stand up crosses more on his left, um, like just clip them to the back post or, or whatever. Um, so I think on the left, he's suited better because it, it's that, that ball striker from when he comes uh, cuts inside onto his right, his shooting's strong as well, very strong. Um, but I think he's comfortable, he'd be comfortable on the right and in certain circumstances, I think that would actually benefit the team. So he's 18 years old, it should the deal happen, um, he would go back to Club Bruges and play out the remainder of the season, which is probably the best thing because even in the league, he's only starting one in three games um, in that though he has uh, scored two and assisted two. So it would suggest that they are taking care of him and, and they're not rushing him into the first team and, and, and he's, not, he's not being relied upon, you know, 100% of the time. Is, it, is this a player that if we do sign him that you think would be a major part of our, our lineup next season? In the same way that Udogi was sent back, it was clear that he was ready. He was probably ready last season when we sent him back, but he was completely rounded. And I'm sure he's got growing to do, but he, as a footballer, and you know, in terms of technically, but he's he he looks rounded and ready for the Premier League. Um, I wonder how much football Noosa will get next year, and 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 actually with our squad and the, and the options that we have off the left, bearing in mind that Solomon Son can play there, as can Richarlison, and if we desperately need him, Brendan Johnson, but he will get opportunities to be bled into the first team rather than than. than than him being relied on 100%, unless he turns up and he's absolutely ready and then he plays. I don't know what the question there is at all, but the, <laughs> but the uh, uh, I, I guess the question is, actually we've got a good question here that relates to that from um, Jack. And he says his ability to beat defenders ap appears to, to be one of his biggest attributes with his physicality, with the physicality of the Premier League impact his, his game, at least initially. We've seen Brian Hill struggle and he looks significantly skinnier. No, I, I don't. I think his his physicality is one of the things that makes him such a threat one v one. I think physicality goes underrated um, in terms of dribbling ability because being able to resist contact and kind of beat your man with with speed, but also when you get a touch, being able to hold off that challenge um, to carry on dribbling in your stride is, is also important. I think he's tall. He'll grow. He'll he'll put on a bit more weight. Um, but I don't. He's that. He's certainly not weak. He might. He, he does appear skinny. I I, I agree. Um, but he's he's not. He's not weak. 
um, and he's rapid as well. So I don't think Brian Hill is. He's he's quick over maybe short short yards, but he's not he's no not rapid. What? And Musa is very very fast. What um, in, in your opinion, as someone who's watched a lot of these young prospects, what what do you is he? Do you rate him as some one of the very best in Europe? Yeah, in terms of wingers, yeah, um, yeah, I, I certainly rate him as probably top five, un, like under twenty wingers, I'd say. Um, yeah, I think I think there's there's definitely development needed, uh, but in terms of like raw attributes, um, he's he's one of the best. He's got the physicality you want from that modern winger. He's got the two way ability. Um, he's his ball striking's very good. So both crossing and shooting um a couple maybe criticisms i'd say are at times he can be a bit head down so he, he gets into a dribble and then kind of might run into like a blind alley and 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 lose the ball whereas sometimes it's probably best where he can turn back and recycle possession mm. um i think his shooting can be inconsistent at times but he's 18 and those no no winger at that age is ever consistent with their shooting i feel like i feel like shooting is one of those things that comes from repetition um constantly working your shooting constantly finding those same areas in your um in matches and in training where you know the right technique to use for a shot mm. um i can't think of a winger at that age who's like a consistent goal scorer if you know what i mean yeah no completely i mean shearer was scoring more goals at 22 than he was when he was 18 it comes with repetition and thousands of hours of training and and um yeah i mean if he was if he was bagging 15 20 goals a season from the wing it'd be it'd be, it'd be more than many more clubs than tottenham and chelsea looking at him um just on that it seems the, the, the you know the fact that we're linked with him and have been linked with a number of these young players and the center backs that we were linked with through the summer and uh and this january window a lot of it has been sort of a data-led and data, a database system rather than the kind of reputational system that we would have used under Conte and Mourinho. What have you made of this approach? Is it refreshing? As someone who, who kind of who's, spends his time watching many footballers across the across Europe and probably aware of footballers that certainly I'm not, you know, that with the players that we've been linked with, I haven't generally I, I don't know almost little about or, or don't know any about anything about them at all, Dragonson included. But they the clubs seem to have many... Um, tentacles in many pies and this is further evidence of this what, what did you make of the club's approach overall i think i think it's definitely the right one um i think reputation based signings are sort of outdated um and it makes no sense to not use data when it's so readily available for clubs now um it's just such an easy way to kind of i, I wouldn't want a, a kind of completely data-led recruitment strategy because there's always context with data so data can be used to kind of create a list i guess okay if, if say we're looking for a winger who's great in 1v1 um whatever you look you might filter by take-ons completed or or whatever and then you and then you kind of get i don't know 100 players and then you look okay age profile you half it because you want a player under 25 and then you look at the context of the leagues and the the prices and, and whatever and then you and then you might get a list of say 10 and then i think from there is when you when clubs and i'm sure this is what spurs are doing should be looking at them in terms of using their eyes and thinking yeah, okay, I like, yeah i like how he approaches his his dribbles or i like his 
attitude because there's there's those things that you can't get from data like kind of the non um, tangible like attitude and and kind of belief and, and all that kind of thing which is also vital so i think data is a great way of speeding speeding up recruitment and and creating an uh, effective list um but i think it should still always come down to that's this might be always come down to the eye test at the end of the day um, but it's a, it requires a combination, I think. Yeah, it's an eye test and obviously your personality as well and how, how, how they respond in interview. And we've seen already that, that Postacoglu's turned down players that didn't perform well when he spoke to them. Um, the key being Vicario and Rea situation, whereas he said that the player, he didn't mention Rea by name as you'd expect, but he said that Rea was more interested in leaving Brentford or the player was more interested in leaving his club than he was joining Spurs. And then you've got Vicario who's saying, I would have walked and signed the contract in my own blood to join Tottenham. You know, and it's interesting because at the time, as fans, we're going, well, Raya, obviously, because he's in the Premier League. He's statistically brilliant. Um, why why wouldn't you just pay the money and get Raya? And it turns out, I don't think any, any Spurs fans swatch Vicario for Raya right now. And it's interesting what you mentioned about the stats and data that, that um, perhaps are to some degree give a level of misinformation on how good a player is because you look at some of the, the best shot stoppers in the in the league actually play for, for the clubs that concede the most chances and doesn't necessarily make them the best goalkeeper. Anyway, um, we've got a question here from Josh Chiswell. He says, who are the alternatives of similar profile and how does he stack up? So um, how does he rate against uh, the options that we currently have in like Hill and Solomon? Um, if... It, it happens that Noosa doesn't sign for Spurs, but we're still interested in looking at prospects or, or, or players of a similar profile. Who else do you know of that we think Spurs might be interested in buying? So Spurs have been linked with all the right names and myers of, of this profile. So it's, it's clear that while I thought it was a more pressing issue, I think they're seeing it as a more ish, uh, an issue to, to complete at a later date kind of and, and it's important for our future, but maybe not for our present, um, because the the profiles we've been looking at have been a lot younger. Um, so I think the best. What is this for the, the left wing position? I think it's it's not necessarily either wing. I think it's more that player who can take on his fullback consistently okay. and 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 do that thing. Um, the best player on the market for that type of player is Nico Williams, who's Spanish, plays for Athletic um, Bilbao. Um, got a 50 million release clause but he'd be a player who'd walk into our starting 11 now um, and it's clear that they're, they're more going on a young he's he's really young as well but I think then they're more kind of thinking of this for next season um, so the players we've been linked with have been Rooney Bardagy who's Swedish um, who plays for Copenhagen um, Johan Bakayoko who's Belgian plays for PSV um, and Noosa, they've been the three main ones I've seen linked and they all fit the profile. The other two are more right-sided. Um, Noosa's more left-sided. I think Noosa suits the best because of that, because of, I think Kulisevsky should always be in our starting 11. Mm. So I think Noosa's probably, from, from the players we've been linked to, probably the best option. Uh, what And what more so than Nico Williams? I haven't seen many links to Nico Williams. And right. is, I've heard that he's also holding out for Barca, um, who are interested in him apparently. So it, it seems like that one's probably unrealistic. So there's probably, even if we wanted to buy him, there's also issues in that 
while his contract, I know he signed a new contract because there were issues with his contract, weren't they? They said it was due to the end of the season, but there was no yeah. real risk of him leaving because of his Basque, he's from the Basque country. Exactly. And yeah. if he wants to go to Barcelona, no doubt we've got that move. All right, forget about him then. So you're excited about Nusa. That is a uh, uh, a player of a high ceiling and, and and one that we should definitely be going after. That's um, it's very interesting. Thank you very much, mate. Uh, so if you're still listening to us and you enjoyed this and you enjoyed the other episodes that we produced uh, by the, the, the Lab podcast, then please rate and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It really helps. And also go and follow Kish's accounts at Rondo Report, which is about f- football and general tactics and young players in general. Is that correct? Yeah. So like young and up and coming footballers, but also football in general. Yeah. Yeah. And then also you've got uh, Lily White Lab, which is obviously Tottenham centric. Thank you very much, Kish. We'll speak soon. Thank you. Network.